welcome to the fourth annual Horrorthon Halloween special of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ. I'm joined once again with my co-host, good friend, Joe Limbaugh from the Film School channel on YouTube. Joe, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, well, mate. All right. It's that time of the year again, my favorite time of the year. I think you've always called it spooky movie season, right? Scary movie month. Scary movie, Scary month. movie season. 31 it, it days of whatever. It usually starts at the end of <laughs> se- uh, September for me, where it just becomes like a nightly thing to try and watch something, if not a, a movie, mostly a film, but uh, something kind of seasonal, right? Kind of yeah. spooky. Yeah, I try to try to do the same probably closer to like the third week in September. Yeah, okay. And then through Get a little head 31st, start. maybe I'll start maybe doing play catch year. up the first week of November. But. I have a lot of ketchup to do this just it's, it's weird because there have been years where yeah, there's maybe one or two movies I do watch on the 1st of November <laughs> just to tie it all in, just to end it all. Button it up. Button it up. But then immediately <laughs> I go into, okay, what did, what did I miss in October because I was busy doing this thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been busy lately, but... Yeah, you have. So outside of being extremely rusty, it's Halloween. Yeah. You didn't yeah. think we were going to forget about Halloween and leave you guys hanging, did you? So here we are, four times setting down. Nice. Fourth time, it's kind of fitting. We're going with four movies each. Yeah, yeah. And much like 2018, this year, we got a chance to see Halloween Kills. That is true. So we're going to have to bring it back to the shape. We're going to rap about that later. I'm never going to complain about that. <laughs> we're going to have to rap about I'll it. try to shut up about the shape as much as possible. <laughs> I don't think we have very many six degrees of the shape this A little bit. This special. Yeah, probably A not. A little maybe. bit, maybe. We'll find bit. out. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if we can find it as we go. All right. Should we kick it off? Are you good? Everything's good with you? We're all good, right? Yeah. We're just rusty and we're jumping hey. into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little rusty. Let's see if we can get, <clears throat> get the professional voice back. The radio voice. There it is. We did do a countdown, even though there's no video, (laughs) per my request. Right. All right, we're going to jump into my first movie. You let me get away with a made-for-TV movie, and I greatly appreciate it. So let's check out the clips this year, and then we'll talk about them. Sounds good. You dig? Let's do it. My dad says there's no way to date this one. He says it's probably from the earlier, mid-1700s, when Dara was a logging town. Hold it. Pennywise the clown? That's him. That's him. 200 years ago, he was here then? Come on, it's just a, it's just a drawing. Now look, here he is again. The same man. It's not a man. It, it. That's what happened back in Georgie's room. King's It, the uh, 1990 miniseries directed by 
Tommy Lee Wallace, and uh, yeah, Pennywise, Tim Curry, classic. Why'd you, I, I think I know the answer to this, but why'd you pick this? Well, I, as you know, I kind of had a hard time with my picks this year. We'll get into that as we go, but this one I, I, I felt like I needed to do it. I wanted to do it. We paid plenty of respects to Bill Skarsgård as it. Yeah. And I wanted to just throw Tim Curry out there. I almost went Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I didn't want you to go mental on me for it. <laughs> yes. I am, I am not a fan so much of Rocky Horror, but I don't mind that other people enjoy it. But, I know. <laughs> um, no, this is a good this is a good pick, because, yeah, last year we kind of covered it in It Chapter 2. Yeah, and um, I think the year before, if not the year before that, we at least had a clip from it, from 2017. Yeah, well, that was last year. It was both in one year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, last year. Look at me go. Because yeah, I went and listened to the, <laughs> listened to the episode, so I remember, hey, what did we talk I listened about last to the year? past three today, back to back, and it all just felt like one big one episode. Big, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I recommend it for the, for your Halloween weekend. Oh, I've got some long drives. Go back. Me, so, uh, <laughs> perfect. But um, yeah, I, I understand because, I mean, even though this is uh, made for television, Tim Curry's Pennywise is kind of iconic to me in the same way that you know like Pinhead and oh yeah the pantheon of, of modern horror movie icons well those classic yeah. horror icons you and I grew up with yeah the tall man from Phantasm to yeah, the, exactly. the shape from Halloween Ash. can't wait to get to that yeah Ash Williams Ash I watched Williams. Army of Darkness the other night classic that, I did get that oh, one in you know, this year he's just a quick side note Bruce Campbell's here for the next three days for the 29th 30th and 31st up in Park City at the Egyptian Theater for the Sun for the Evil Dead Film Festival I wish I could make it me too because uh, <laughs> if you're listening right now in those days and you can go buy your tickets and go because <laughs> tomorrow night it's uh, or I guess tonight it's uh, The Evil Dead and then tomorrow Saturday the 30th it's uh, My Name is Bruce and uh, which is a film Bruce Campbell stars in and plays a fictionalized version of himself it's really funny uh followed by Evil Dead 2 and then on uh, Sunday the 31st on actual Halloween it's Army of Darkness and he's doing Q&A's and signings and how awesome I've met him twice before so I'm cool but I'd love to have been able to go to do this oh it sounds amazing at the Egyptian up in Park City yeah. this time of year Classic. on Halloween weekend yeah. those three movies perfect <laughs> I Groovy. dig it um, but yeah. yeah, if you can check that out, check it out. But no, I felt like uh, Tim Curry needed his time to shine mm-hmm. on the Dead Serial Horrorathon. Dude, I don't think that Bill Skarsgård's performance is ever going to completely like shadow. It doesn't matter how successful It Chapter One was. Uh, I think Tim Curry's Pennywise is is still probably the one that's remembered the most. Hopefully. Hopefully. It should be. I mean, I think both of them. Kudos to Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. You can go back and listen. We got nothing but love. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah. It has a, has a, a level to me that's uh, maybe it's because I was 14 when this thing came out and it was TV and it still scared me the way the old Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Dark Side did. Like it. It fit into those perfect it, yeah. monsters, etc. Mm-hmm. And we've had some intros to those shows on previous yeah. specials, but yeah. So that's it. That's why I chose it. And I think we're going to keep it moving tonight. We and will. You've but got I'm, one. Oh, I'm going to say go one last thing about this TV movie. And if you haven't seen it, um, rented, it's usually uh, both parts are, are edited together sort of as a single, you know, three hour film uh, without the um, closing credits and opening credits to part two. But um, 
I kind of feel like it it follows it. along the same it <laughs> that Stephen King's TV you series. See what I did there. I did. I see what you did. Okay. I'm paying attention. All right. Dad joke. I think. Uh, well, you're gonna have you're gonna have to get used to that. You know. Uh, I think. Um, that both of them kind of suffer from the same thing where the first half of the kids is always the best in the, yeah. in, the in the original TV uh, movie and the uh, the 2017 those are always the best and then you get to the second half where they're adults and they're both good but they kind of fall apart so in, in a way it was kind of like uh, revisiting that when I saw the new ones I got the same feeling of like I mean excitement for the first half and kind of eh, the second half the only difference is the original aired over two nights. We had to wait, you know, yeah, twenty two years yeah. to get to the second second one of the newer ones. You know what I mean? Well, I share the same sentiments. If we're going to recap real quick, you know, I think we talked about too that, you know, before I'd mentioned with the new it movies, I would love uh, Zack Snyder and Andrew Muschietti cut super cut of those two films, and just felt like it could be re-edited a little bit. And yeah. some of those scenes that they wanted to cram in, into the second one. one. Well, no, that, that's the cut. Oh, Zack Snyder. Right. Give yeah, the fans what right. they want, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And I want a black and white God, version, goddammit. it. associated with the director's <laughs> cut thing now. Oh, man. Yeah, I just Bummer. did it. I just I made know. it a thing. So, You're bumming me out, man. But no, I think a super cut can make that flow better. But it would be yeah. the same feeling as it is with the two-part series where the first part is better when yeah. they're kids and maybe we relate to that better because we were young when it came out yeah. we were kids yeah. riding our bikes in the neighborhood uh, dude, you I, know what i mean I it was creepy for uh for kind of like boys adventures and young adventures not just for my youth but even now newer movies come out that i'm like this is kind of cool like they get it right you know what yeah. I mean? like they get that if they can do the the preteen young adult thing Right, it usually interests me, especially if it involves monsters or. Well, and you've got that with Stranger Things, obviously. Yes. Twenty seventeen, exactly. it. Um, the Ghostbusters Afterlife looks good. Looks good. Yeah. Reviews so far in, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked right. at any of those reviews. So, but moving on. This is uh, one this of is your my picks. Selection. Okay, yeah, this is one from 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 my nightmares, man. This is a film that has haunted me pretty much my whole life. So uh, uh, let's see if you recognize what it is. Ash, can you hear me? Ash! Yes, I can hear you. What was your special order? You read it. I thought it was clear. What was it? Bring back life form. Priority one. All other priorities rescinded. There's a damn company. What about our lives, you son of a bitch? I repeat, all other priorities are rescinded. How do we kill it, Ash? There's got to be a way of killing it. How? How do we do it? You can't. It's bullshit. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. 
You admire it. I admire its purity. Survival. And all clouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. In space, no one can hear you scream. That's what I hear. That's the tagline. We're talking about 1979, Rid- Ridley Scott's Alien. Yep. Based on a story, uh, Dan O'Bannon uh, adapting the screenplay by uh, a story from Ronald Chazette. Um, the Alien, designed by H.R. Geiger. Geiger. Geiger Amazing. Geiger Geiger. Geiger Geiger. Geiger Geiger. Why'd you weird. pick this one? Oh, dude, I'm surprised, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm surprised, and I was listening to the previous episodes, and I was uh, surprised that that's actually not one I talked about in the first episode. Yeah. It, it Maybe it's probably because I associate it more with the sci-fi genre, but it is a horror film. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But it's a deliberately paced horror film, so I guess I kind of it takes a while for the alien to kick in, right? So oh, yeah. I guess it's, I kinda, it's a suspense movie. It's a thriller yeah. movie. It's a... But it's a pop out and scary movie. It's a scary movie. It's an absolute classic. Yeah. Um, and that alien universe that Ridley Scott created coming off of this movie in particular. Yeah. I'm, dude, I'm glad you it picked it, man. Aliens, you know, yeah. Aliens takes it to a whole new level. And that's a whole other episode. But yeah. but um, this original, um, it's mysterious. It's beautifully shot. It's just, it's got naturalistic performances. And it's always... Uh, haunted me like as a child i saw this thing because i mean i was very young when it came out 1979 uh, you were about 15 16 years old yeah i was somewhere around 21 and uh because this is this is the voice of a 60 something year old look man i was young i'm not gonna say how i'm picking on you (laughs) taking the you taking the piss it's just a movie that i saw this thing and uh way too young uh, probably not the whole thing, but the the chest, the famous chest bursting scene where the monster just bursts out of uh, John Hurt's chest. Yeah. Rest uh, in peace, John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, I miss that guy. He's the war doctor on Doctor Who. If you all know <laughs> from the film school, I'm a Doctor Who. I'm a Whovian, but I'm not even a Whovian, and I know that character from that Doctor Who that true. you're talking about. That's Very true. Cool. Amongst yeah. many other great and brilliant characters, but oh yeah, as Kane. In Alien. It's a, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing is the whole cast is great. It kind of changed uh, the idea of like, you'd think watching it, the Tom Skerritt would wind up being the hero. Right? Yeah. And, Whereas and, the first and, female lead and hero yeah. of this, of this type kind of, of movie. Genre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, Sigourney Weaver for the win. kicks ass three more movies. Six Degrees know. of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There's a connection. The thing is, though, is it's like, it's a classic it's a classic like pulpy horror story you know guys uh, people on a ship in deep space get invaded by a predatory alien but it was just so realistic to me that uh, that and the sequel Aliens James Cameron's sequel um, gave me nightmares for I mean I couldn't watch horror movies until I was like 13 because of films like Alien and the one that we're going to be talking <laughs> I'm going to be talking about next in a couple of clips here and stuff like that your next one just, not mine yours my next one yeah because they're just um, I don't know it just seems so real and so terrifying and um, you know I just absolutely love this movie uh, and I've had the chance I, to see the original cut uh, and the the um, Ridley Scott cut 
on the big screen as they've come through various nice. times at the local uh, like cinema. Yeah, local cinema, yeah. the tower, stuff like that. <clears throat> and it just gets, I don't know, I just appreciate it. Just gets better. Yeah, yeah, it gets better. Absolutely. I love this franchise. And I think I was, I actually was introduced to Aliens first. Mm. So I got that prequel experience, if you will, with Alien. Right. And it yeah. just made Aliens that much cooler, but not as cool at the same time, if that makes sense. It made it cooler because it gave it a background story to tie Ripley into and move forward. I bet the experience was a little but, bit like... Uh, I like I, I don't know. I like Prometheus a lot. I oh think no, we've I, talked I about like, that I like before. Alien Covenant yeah. a lot. I think that's Alien Covenant of, was a great movie as well. Since Give Aliens, us the next one, Ridley. I'm down. I think since Aliens, my favorite is Alien Covenant, and then I would probably say Alien 3, Alien, uh, Prometheus, Alien Resurrection. Nice. But um, for me, that was like the Evil Dead. Going back to Ash real quick, I started with <laughs> Evil Dead 2. And when I saw the first Evil Dead, I recognized it's a good horror movie, but I think I was a little disappointed because Evil Dead 2 is such a Same. hyperactive, Same like, for visual me, yeah. feast, right? Alien is, a, is a, on its own merits, it's just a superb sci-fi suspense thriller based on a very pulpy it's simple concept extremely well done but aliens practical effects models bar. yeah yeah aliens, aliens definitely raised the bar it takes and bishop you, yeah oh yeah Come just on. i mean the visual effects alone obviously being seven years later they've got they've figured out more they have stan yeah. winston who created the terminator and the predator and, and you get that terminator feel from it at least i did the one out Terminator Phil from Aliens. Oh, yeah. With the cinematography and it starts off as a design. military sci fi yeah, movie and turns is. into a yeah. horror film. But it has an emotional core. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> if I had seen Aliens first, I might have been slightly disappointed, but not, hey, Alien. But I had it the opposite. I Because I'm a little bit older than you, uh, like six months, something like that, <laughs> uh, two weeks. But uh, so I just, yeah, I, I kind of relate to what you're saying there. Love um, it. We're creeping up on the next clip. Yeah, I think we better just up. jump into it. Let's do it. This is one of mine. Scared right. the hell out of me. Creep me out. Show me what you got.
Poltergeist 3, uh, 1988, directed by Gary Sherman. And uh, here's our uh, Six Degrees <laughs> of Ghostbusters. We got Tom Skerritt in here, also from the previous movie we talked about, right. Alien. He was in Dallas. Alien. Mr. Gurney Weaver, who was in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And should be in Afterlife. Hopefully, maybe Afterlife. Uh, I think I think so. It counts. I think it does. <laughs> and you know what? We got six degrees of Nan- uh, Robocop over this bitch. <laughs> I'm flipping LJ out, by the you way. Giving it bastard. We got Nancy <laughs> Allen in this. Nancy Allen's in Robocop 1 and 2. She's also in Carrie. Just so Holy you. shit, she's Robocop's partner. She is. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Poltergeist 3. Yeah. You creeped the hell out of me. And I never really... I mean, I watched the first one, and yeah, it's kind of creepy, and the skeleton's in the pool, and oh, no, on the graveyard. Just, I don't know. In an under-construction skyscraper, and I, where are they at? Chicago, I think? Maybe New York? I can't remember. I think it's Chicago. I think no, you might be right. I haven't I don't seen know. it, it doesn't in a matter. long time. And the whole refle- reflections are portals... Right, right. Way before The Matrix did it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and way creepier and way cooler. Well, yeah, but The Matrix wasn't going for creepy. Yeah, all right. Anyways. <laughs> Dude, we even got six degrees of Wayne's World in. We got Laura <laughs> Flynn Boyle in this thing. Hi, Wayne. World. Hi. <laughs> I should put that sound clip there. <laughs> <laughs> and she's on Twin Peaks. Don't forget, she's a Twin Peaks. Donna. On Twin Peaks, yep. She's the original Donna. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, then she bailed on Fire Walk with me. And yeah. Was it money or what? Uh, you know, I don't know. She didn't know. want to do the one-eyed Jack scene? What Probably, was it? Probably. Uh, there's a reason why she Jeez. wasn't in, the, uh, in the, the event series either back in 2017. I still have not series. seen that, and I'm ashamed of myself. You shouldn't be. because <laughs> Not good? It's not that it's not good. It's just not what you wanted. People went, hey, we want new Twin Peaks. And yeah, David Lynch said, well, I'm going to give you Twin Peaks. But he said, I'm not going to give you the Twin Peaks that you want. Well, then I'm going to give you and then my he Twin out, Peaks. And he said something like that it's the best way to view the, what, what was it called again? The event series? The event series was on your mobile device. See, that's weird. David Lynch said, I mean, all right, whatever. That's weird. I like that he's no. into trans... Transcendental meditation. But you filmed it widescreen, buddy. No, David. (laughs) Turn your phone sideways, Joe. (laughs) No, Poltergeist. Carrie Ann's way creepy. The Man in Black is creepy. Uh, Obviously, what's her name? Tangina. Oh yes, is super Um, creepy. Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, the late Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda Pet Cemetery. No good. (laughs) Moving on. Here's Uh, the thing, though. I loved it. I I think this is a great movie. I think it's a good standalone. You get a sense of what's going on without them rehashing. I was going to reference something to Halloween Kills, but I'll I'll hold off. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I like it. Poltergeist three. So here, you and I have definitely a different opinion on this one. I was uh, 12 when this came out, and I was so excited because the first two uh, I really liked. And at that time, my favorite was Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. I just really liked that movie for some reason. And I have gone back and rewatched the first two because as I got older, I saw the third one again and was just <laughs> kind of not really as into Well, actually, I remember being kind of disappointed at 12, thinking this isn't as cool as the... Part two. You needed more like uh, there's something animated about part toys two that I like. being possessed well, by demonic spirits. And yeah, that and the tree always. Giant clown out. arms choking the brother. Yeah, I don't like clown toys or clowns <laughs> or mimes. 
What about just, uh, how do you feel about plastic toy telephones? No, not, not a fan <laughs> of those either. Uh, you know, the thing for me though is I'm I'm at that age. Uh, I'm old enough where I saw the original Poltergeist in the theater, and it freaked me. See, and I've never had the experience of seeing any of these in in the theater. The theater. Maybe what I need to do between now and the next Halloween special, because we're going to do this forever until we die. Right, if it's the only about. episodes we'll I ever do on the podcast again, listen here, we're still doing it. Uh, I'll go back and I'll start at the beginning and I'll watch the trilogy of Poltergeist and we can yeah. recap next year. Or the remake. Watch the trilogy. No remake. No remake. It's like Grease 2. Didn't happen. I liked Grease 2. Moving on. Didn't happen. I stand Michelle by Michelle Pfeiffer, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2, I, I actually do own on Blu-ray. I do watch them semi-annually. About every two to three years, I'll watch both nice. of them during scary movie yeah. season. Uh, I never did pick up the Screen Factory edition of Poltergeist 3, which is now out of print. It's been discontinued. Um, so I'm guessing another studio like KL Studio Classics or Arrow or somebody will be releasing it, but um, I should probably rewatch it, but don't be disappointed if I find it disappointing. Alright. Fair enough. On that note, you know, I mean, I, I like this movie. I don't love this movie, and I have a whole lot of insight to it. Sure. I was scraping the barrel this year. Yeah, but, but it is appropriate for the season, so it's, it's not great like for the season, and like I did watch choice. it. I did watch it this month. Okay. It's on HBO Max. Is it? Yeah. Knock your heart out. Huh. Check it out. Okay. And let's jump into your next movie. All right. Take it away. I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Who's this? Oh, I forgot to tell you. I live with my mother, too. Mom, meet Tony. I gotta go. Thanks for a wonderful time. Why'd you scare her off? Jealous? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. You look bad. You smell bad. I've never been much of a bather. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I took them to a lab. I had them analyzed. The hairs? The hairs? Oh, yeah, that's a strange thing to do. Not as strange as the results. The guy at the lab had trouble identifying them. He finally came to the conclusion that they were definitely not human. Oh, <laughs> very good. Not human, Seth. In fact, very likely insect hairs. 1986, The Fly, Jeff Goldblum. And I'd just like to add, Another Jeff Goldblum shirtless scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he actually got into extra good shape. Like, he worked really hard to show his physique off in this. He always looks good, right? Jeff yeah, but Goldblum, I mean, he Jurassic works. Park, The Fly. Oh, he worked even harder to make sure that he was he was all sinewy muscle for the scene where he comes out of the, the teleportation machine. Um, yeah, dude. Why did you go with this one? It's another film that... Great is, pick. Thank you. you so you've seen it. I've seen it. Not yeah. for a long time. It still holds up. It's uh, another one of those films from my youth that just 
disturbs and scares me. It's a David Cronenberg film. David Cronenberg is the master of like a body horror. Like right. Films like Shivers, uh, Rabbit, The Brood, Scanners, Videodrome, Existence, Crash. Like he just, he does weird, bizarre, beautiful uh, naked lunch dead zone which isn't really yeah. that fine but it's a great movie it's not a body horror movie like a lot of his other films but um yeah this movie just terrified me and it came out i was 10 years old and uh, now I, I am dating myself so but i was i was 10 it, years old and i was five when this came out yeah. i didn't really see it until my mid to late teens okay and you know USA TNT or whatever when mm-hmm. we were kids with actual cable, sure no HBO. cell phone back in the day. No, because I remember commercials. Oh, okay. Which took away from it, but yeah, very like creepy, especially at that age. Like, what the hell is going on? And it had no no idea of Vincent Price and the Fly from 1958 right. or whatever. Right. That's my first introduction to this story. Okay. And the technology looked awesome. Yeah, so the the, the like, design of the the for the time Brundle for nineteen eighty six looked really no, cool. They look great because <laughs> yeah. the design is uh, David Lynch is actually uh, obsessed with cars. Uh, Are we like getting George into Lucas. six degrees of Twin Peaks territory here? <laughs> well, he did David Cronenberg. Sorry, not David Lynch, but David Cronenberg. He's obsessed with with uh, engines and things. Just you know, like he's a he's a gearhead, and he liked the design of. Um, motorcycle engines and that's kind of what the design of the teleportation machine is very similar to which is why it's got that chrome like it just looks cool even by today's standards and yes it is a remake of the 1958 classic with uh, Vincent Price and David Hennessy which is uh, uh, a film that I'd already been familiar with because I was too scared to watch modern horror movies before I was 12 (laughs) with the exception of maybe Night of the Living Dead and Psycho as modern as they were and the film that's last on my picks, which we'll get into later. No spoilers. I typically had to watch... Well, spoilers for everything we're talking about, but not right. for what's to come what's in the episode. Sorry, you have to wait around for what's to come. <laughs> Stay tuned. For me, uh, growing up, uh, a lot of the uh, monster movies and like the universal horror and hammer horror films of the uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s were what I watched uh, for scary movies, and The Fly was one of them. And But this remake, I had an obsession with. My mom wouldn't let me. She wasn't going to take me to the theater to see it. Uh, <laughs> so I never saw it in the theater. I think I finally saw it when it was like on HBO or Showtime, whichever one it went to first. God bless and you, I HBO. Could, <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, HBO. You gave me Blade Runner and Beastmaster, and I love you for it. Tell us from the crypt, dream on. Sure, but I'm just saying over the, over the years, all the, all the movies that I was able to see. Sopranos. Sorry. That I couldn't see in the theater. <laughs> like Big yeah. Trouble in China oh, yeah. and Philadelphia Experiment. They gave me a lot of Highlander, a lot of movies that I just still love I think today. the first time I watched Highlander was on HBO. It was my first time. I didn't even like it that first time. It was when my buddy showed me on VHS years later, my buddy Frank, Frank Riccobono, when he showed me this movie. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was like, "How? why did I not like this movie? Highlander's great. But um, The Fly is... Um, yeah, it's a film that I just had an obsession with. It's a disturbing body horror, mad scientist kind of movie. So it is absolutely mad along scientist. with Alien. It's like the two science fiction horror movies on our list. But I still think The Fly, 
the original 1958 and the 1986 David Cronenberg movie owe a slight debt to the gothic horror of like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because they're still about um, mad scientists scientists and monsters like God yeah Yeah. exactly so even though it is a science fiction film and even though it is very 80s uh, and even though it is set in Canada because David Cronenberg's Canadian and all his films except for Map to the Stars are all filmed in Canada (laughs) uh, the Toronto area but um but this film, like, I feel like even though it is a modern, like, at the time, uh, science fiction horror film, it still has that sort of gothic, mad scientist feel to it. You know, that's the lineage. So it's just, it's a classic film. And also, interesting, interestingly enough, the screenplay, uh, which is by uh, Charles Edward Pogue and David Cronenberg, based on the original short story by George Lingalan. 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 John is Langdon they from actually, the Dan Browns. <laughs> just kidding. From the what now? The Dan Dan Brown books. Never mind. Sorry, what? no, didn't, didn't read those. Never mind. You lost me there. Sound of crickets and tumbleweeds. It's actually this version is kind of a parable parable for the AIDS epidemic of the eighties, and uh, and that's intentional. And I, I think that's also probably why films like The Exorcist and, and uh, The Fly and stuff like that um, draw me back is because they do have like that. It goes back to social... Jose Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, they've got that right? undercurrent, that social, yeah. politic, social political undercurrent. And by the way, next year, I probably will have to talk about The Exorcist finally because that is I almost almost picked it this year. Okay. Well, it'll be a toss-up. Which one? Which one of us <laughs> going to talk about that? Uh, select that next. Oh, did you pick it first? I'm going straight to Exorcist: The Beginning. Bring it. <laughs> really? Not Exorcist Three? Exorcist Three. I need to revisit. But you do Exorcist. I did, I'll do I, I appreciated the prequel to The Exorcist for what it was. Which one? But there's two. There's two prequels. You said The Beginning, right? Yeah. Because there's also Dominion. Uh, prequel to The Exorcist. I don't know if I ever they saw. They both uh, star Stellan Skarsgård yeah. as yep. as Father. Um, Six degrees of the yet. Yeah, there Bill you Skarsgård. go. Skarsgård. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's his name? Father Marin. I I forget that. Father Marin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was having a brain fart. It must be the uh, pumpkin chocolate uh, chip beer. The pumpkin chocolate chip beer. <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, but no, I. Uh, I love that you picked this movie. I need to revisit it. I haven't seen it in years. Jeff Goldblum is amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gina Davis. Gina really Davis good. was always awesome. John Getz. Good. During that yeah. timeline, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, great pick. Dude, and for Gina Davis, it's quite a step up. She had, you know, the year before in 85, she did Fletch with Chevy Chase, classic. Oh, you and can't beat did, it. No, I love it. And yeah. then she did uh, Transylvania 65000, which... I would count as a as a movie for appropriate for this uh, season. I concur. Which also has Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley Jr. Six degrees of separation with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jumping into my next clip, you Let's helped me out on this one. Did I? You did. All and right. we're going to get into it. Okay. You Let's ready? Go. Let's do it. Getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? 
Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? Yeah. What's yours? Guess. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the one where the guy had knives for fingers? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Freddy, that's right. I like that movie. It was scary. Well, well the first one was, but the rest sucked. So, you got a boyfriend? <laughs> Why? You want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Um, no. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. That's not what you said. What do you think I said? What? Hello? Oh, man. Jumping ahead 10 years now to 96. 10 years from the fly? 86, 96? 86, 96. The film that reinvented or reintroduced a whole generation to the slasher films that were popular in the 80s. Wes Craven's Scream, man. Why, uh, why'd you pick this one? You kind of know why I picked this one. I know why uh, you picked this one. I didn't have as much time as I wanted to to prep for this. And I really got to give props to you because you motivated me. Like, are we doing the Halloween special? Uh, when are we doing the Halloween special? Yeah. I'm sending you my clips. And we got it. We're doing four this year. All right, that's it. We're doing it. And you got here and I had the Twilight Zone movie picked out. Hmm. But I told you I'm not really feeling this, Joe. I mean, it's, there's a couple good stories mm-hmm. in there. Like you said, there's two good stories yeah. that are like scary and Halloween. Good wraparound. Yeah. John Lithgow is absolutely amazing. I was clearly yes. going to go with some part of that. Oh yeah, that's by far scene. the best story yeah. in the whole the whole thing. Dan Aykroyd in the ambulance was going to yeah. be in there. You want to see something really, really scary? scary? Again, another uh, film of my youth th- that's that terrified me. <laughs> it's fun on LSD. Very interesting I'm experience. At least once in your 20s, <laughs> give it a try, kids. That's um, a little past my 20s now. But <laughs> not to encourage you. By the way, activity. I, uh, uh, it's not what I'm doing. <laughs> cheers to being a new dad. Congratulations to you, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, been a little bit busy. Long story short. And yeah. we were talking about the Twilight Zone movie, and you're like, you know what? We never did Scream. Why don't you do Scream? Because I, I know that I, you like it. Yeah. We, we well, both and, like and, it. Scream 5's coming. Yep. So that'll Got be that a nice tie-in into the yeah. next horror-thon. Which next year we'll probably, if, if it comes out before October or around October, we'll be talking about it in our episode, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope yeah. it's good. It's going to be interesting because uh, Wes Craven... People who have listened before know our opinions of Halloween 2018. Yeah. They'll find out our opinions of Halloween Kills. I, yeah. I hope <laughs> the way we break down these movies on the film school on YouTube or on the podcast, people understand we're not really haters of anything. No. It's just whether we like it or not. Well, I mean, I'm critical, but I'm not a, a complete hater. Like, uh, I will say this uh, to any of you who are listening who do watch uh, the Film School channel on YouTube. Uh, much appreciation. Sorry we haven't been... Uh, Chris and I haven't been doing episodes uh, as frequently or, in fact, in a while. Um, it is because there has been this crazy uh, thing called the lingering effect of 2020. <laughs> 2020 was a rough year. We, we didn't do a whole lot of episodes either. and um, Neither did I. Yeah. So I was going to do one every month. That was my goal this yeah. year. And I, this is the first one since February. Well, 
kick it off, take it out to next year, man. Just yeah. do that goal next year. And get we'll, we'll reboot, resolution. reboot the film school, get everything yeah. going. There will be changes. When so. we do come back, we're going to try and uh, uh, change up the format just a little bit, not too much. But uh, just wanted to apologize that it's taken so long. Bear with us. I promise we have content in the works. So stick with us. But um, no, going back to Scream, dude. You, yeah. had, you, you were saying Wes Craven. I kept up and we went. The late Wes left. Craven. So Scream 5 is going to be a little interesting with a different director uh, and no Wes Craven involved. It's kind of bitter, bittersweet bitter that it's coming out and Wes Craven isn't involved. Yeah. And, um, and you're just like me. We grew up with Wes yeah. Craven. Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Scream. Came Serpent later, and I think I was more willing to accept Scream for what it was because Wes Craven created it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is a, a Wes Craven movie. What do you mean you don't like it? Yeah, I remember it, when they came out, just right. like, oh, we're going back to the slasher, and it's appropriate that it's Wes Craven, but it's yes. kind of more of a real world setting in which they even reference before meta was a thing well that, I was just gonna films. say that that if Joe would have picked this clip I'm giving I'm I'm uh, acknowledging that thanks to Joe I went with this clip if he would have picked a clip from this movie it would have been the rules though. Yeah, the, am I right yeah that's the clip I would have gone I had to go with the opening scene with but Drew I Barrymore. think what you went with was much more and Drew Barrymore ties it back into the 80s too it True. was brilliant that he started this movie with her yeah Firestarter E.T. yes Exactly. Need I go on? It's fucking Drew Barrymore. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it just it just felt appropriate. And I remember seeing it for the first time and just like, wow, this is clever. I mean, uh, Kevin Williamson, who wrote the first and the second one. Um, and I think he also wrote the fourth one. He did not write the third one, though, which I actually love. But um, I think it's it's the film that broke the slasher film back into the not only into the mainstream, but into the zeitgeist in the same way that just a few years later, zombies and vampires would become huge in the zeitgeist too. Every now and then a movie comes along that takes the old tropes, right? The older horror style and brings it full circle and kind of refreshes it, kind of reinvigorates it and and suddenly- Reimagines it. Reimagines it. It's somewhat new. It's familiar, but it's new and it's modern. Yeah. I what makes this it, modern is the fact that it reference it references uh, it's it's referential to horror films of this type, right? Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, you know, Toby Hooper, nineteen seventy four. There's no really, one in the movie. Gunnar Hansen, the only, the only Leatherface. <laughs> there's no Gunner one Hansen. in that film that's going. Uh, but we've seen this in a movie, like you know what I mean. Like Scream yeah. has that meta aspect where they they acknowledge like this is like a horror movie which was new in 96 it was a new concept but yeah Wes Craven like you said he's one of those guys we grew up with man his name was synonymous with you know John Carpenter Steven Spielberg Joe Dante Toby Hooper Wes you know uh, all the greats yeah Don Coscarelli Sam Raimi George Romero yeah yeah Uh, Bob Zemeckis like he's just one of those iconic directors that you know uh, the name and you you pretty much trust you know so. well and this is a fun movie it's a fun oh, series yeah. I don't mind the sequels it, like many Two sequels okay. it's not as great as the original no and I hope Scream 5 proves me wrong and that it's just as good if not better it would be interesting if but they for, could pull for the off. time and right before cell, yeah. cell phone technology really popped off even though they incorporated that okay throughout yeah. the sequels it it's kind of a the last thing where if the, the last reality where if you're not on your phone nobody knows where you are you're out right. in the void yeah 
No, the, well, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's true. The films, the first one is 96, the second one is 97, the third one's 2000, the fourth one's 2011. And so you see, you get to see him kind of go from the tail end of the sort of analog era and completely into the digital era. So, you know, they've got cordless phones and, and uh, landlines in the original film. By the time you get to four, you know, everybody's smartphones, you yeah. know, so it's kind of interesting. But um, I'll say this. Scream, the first one, is the best. Two, two falls into a trope that a lot of sequels fall into, regardless of genre. It kind of to be, tends to be just sort of derivative of the first. But the third one, they added more humor and kind of went in a slightly different direction. And I like the third one a lot, even though it's got a really dumb cameo by Jay and Silent <laughs> Bob, which I don't hate those guys. I love them, but it very just much dates that 90s yeah. thing, right? It, de- it definitely ages up to the 90s. Yeah. And the fourth one kind of kind of the fourth one kind of goes back to the first one a little bit more and it's good but I mean nothing beats the original man good choice that's no, great Nev Campbell is great uh, what is his name played Scooby Doo Matthew Lillard who is also oh in God. Twin Peaks the event series so again going back yeah right. six degrees of six degrees Twin Peaks what you got a very young Rose but McGowan he, Rose McGowan does kind of Skeet her Ulrich. first Courtney Cox. Movie, right? Courtney Cox, friends, bullshit. She was only in this because of David Arquette, her husband. Probably, yeah. And also right. popularity with friends. But she plays a I role was never good a fan enough of the as Gail, especially in the, in oh, the no, first one. Oh, no, she's fine. She plays it good. Here's the thing, real and quick. Then, uh, Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. Those, him and Scooby-Doo as the killer. Is the killers? No, they're a good combo. Great. Yeah, good that, combo. That, that was a good twist. See, nice. Courtney Cox, though, I remember her from the dancing Dancing in the Dark video, the Bruce Springsteen yep. video, but also the short-lived song, uh, by the way. classic. But also the short-lived TV series Misfits of Science on NBC back in '85. That was like the first thing I really noticed her in. Excuse me, and she's in that terrible, terrible 1987 Golem Globus Masters of the Universe movie <laughs> with she Dolph totally Lundgren. Is. Terrible, which was great as a kid, but it, yeah, it does not age well. It's not very Halloween. But I'm up. just curious. And um, in the 90s, uh, a Friends guy or a Seinfeld guy? Seinfeld. Thank you. I don't think I ever really saw more than an episode or two of Friends or bits and pieces because somebody else was watching it. That's fucking terrible. We're getting back on track. (laughs) Okay. Bringing it back. We're we're jumping into one of your clips. All right. This is a good one. Helen. Yes? Helen. Who is that? Who is that? Helen, I came for you. Do I know you? No. No. But you doubted me. I'm sorry, I have to go. No need to leave yet. But I'm late. You are not content with the stories, so I was obliged to come. Be my victim. Be my victim. 
I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. Come with me. Nineteen ninety-two, Candyman, great pick. I only saw this once or twice when it first came out, and I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple years after it came out, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I have. I've only seen this movie once or twice when you I should, was a kid. You should watch it again, <laughs> and then you should watch the twenty twenty-one Candyman. I'll get into kind of which you that. mentioned was a direct sequel to the yeah. ninety-two. Yeah, Jordan Peele did that one. He's a producer. Yeah. Producer. All right. Yeah, um, I love his horror movies. So yeah, no, it's um, I love so, his movies, his work, his comedy, everything. But whatever. Yeah, you know I'm, what a, I mean? I'm a Key and Peele yeah. fan for sure. Um, but Candyman, based on the short story uh, "The Forbidden" from the Books of Blood by Clive Barker, uh, it's directed by Bernard, uh, Bernard Rose, starring Virginia Madsen and uh, Xander Berkeley and Vanessa Williams and. Um, Tony Todd, whom I had the pleasure of meeting. Tony Todd is the Candyman. And I got to meet him at one of our Fan X conventions a few years back where he signed the picture of the Candyman, you know, yeah. to Joe, Hell be yeah. my victim. And uh, we actually have a mutual, um, uh, I wouldn't say a friend, but... Uh, the, a mutual... I have a friend who has, has worked with him. a friend who has a cousin. Who actually is, is who worked with... Who bumped into him at a store. He's a cousin's... In 92. Uncle's... Filming Candyman. Friend's <laughs> former roommate. No, no, no. My, my friend, uh, <laughs> a guy I know, Charlie Charles Halford, uh, is an actor. He's been on uh, things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, true Detective. True Detective. And a DC movie with uh, Tony Todd, The Death of Superman and Reign of Superman, where Tony Todd is the voice of Darkseid. Nice. So I, I actually got, kind of, we kind of talked about that a little bit. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and, and he was like, hey, if you see Charlie, send him over here. Because Charles was here visiting during that time. So, but no, this movie, um, yeah, I really dig it. It's uh, nicely shot. It's got a, a good cinema, uh, good cinematography. It's got a good score by Philip Glass. It's just a really interesting story that touches on a lot of, um, you know, social political aspects. It's a horror film that's actually a social commentary on race and class, uh, which you know. Tying back into a few other movies that we yeah. either have on this episode or talked about. Yeah. On this episode. Exactly. And um, I mean, if you haven't seen it. Uh, I recommend seeing it. The whole mythology, the urban mythology uh, about what the Candyman is and the vengeful spirit, you say his name, you know, five times. It's like Bloody Mary. Mary it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like Bloody Mary. Um, you know, come and turn you into one of those victims. elementary school, second, third grade, playing Bloody Mary in the boys' bathroom. <laughs> Are you actually terrified? Yeah, my I never mind. did and that. Nothing ever ever happened but it was still right. just, I won't even do it today I'm not going to go into the mirror in the bathroom and say Bloody Mary five times I'm yes. not saying candy I'm man. not saying can- here's the thing I'm not superstitious I realize this is a movie <laughs> but I'm also a pragmatist not gonna I'm say not going to take a chance here 
just on the off chance I'm right. wrong. Let's say well, Beetle guys. Actually, I would summon Beetlejuice <laughs> because he's uh, he's not so m much malevolent. He's, as he's just you know kind of a dick. Yeah. But he's he's a troublemaker. But um, in fact, that would actually be a good one. for That would be a good. Spooky yeah. season horrorthon movie pick. I seriously think you should rewatch Candyman and then re and then watch the twenty twenty one version. Nice. Um, I love both it. Both really good. But I'm films. excited. I get to revisit the Poltergeist trilogy and Candyman. Candyman. And here's the thing: Candyman ninety two and twenty two. Farewell to the Flesh is actually pretty good, but Candyman three Day of the Dead not so good. Even Tony Todd is. I'm not watching you know, those ones. The second one's pretty good. I'm not watching those ones and I'm not watching Leprechaun. No. I don't care if it's Halloween no. or St. Patrick's no. Day or I'm in the hood. No, no I'm no, not no, watching Not Leprechaun. a franchise. Even in space, I'm not watching <laughs> Leprechaun. I'm just You leave not... Jason X out of this. <laughs> no, no. Leprechaun goes to space. There's one that's Leprechaun oh, in space. Terrible. It's terrible. Right. I'm not a fan of those movies personally, but I do love Warwick Davis, you know, but you know, I'm glad he's working. Yeah. But Keep it up. All right. Ready to move Wicked. on? This is one of yours, yeah? One of mine. All right. I was doubtful on this one, and I said, I really want to do this. And he said, it's perfect. We haven't done that one before. And then, right. and then we collaborated on the clip. Let's rock. I can tell you what the nightmare is about so far. It's, it's about this entity, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's old. It's very old. It's existed in different forms in different times. About the only thing about it that stays the same is what it lives for, really. What is that? Oh, the murder of innocence. But this is still a script we're talking about, right, Wes? Yeah, well, I sort of think of it as a nightmare in progress. Well, in this nightmare in progress, then, does this thing have any weaknesses? Oh, well, it can be captured sometimes. Captured? How? And by storytellers, of all things. I mean, Every so often, they imagine a story good enough to sort of catch its essence, and then, for a while, it's held prisoner in the story. Like the genie in the bottle. Exactly. Exactly. But the problem comes when the story dies, and that can happen in a lot of ways. It can get too familiar to people, or somebody waters it down to make it an easier sell, you know? Or maybe it's just so upsetting to society that it's banned outright. However it happens when the story dies, the evil is set free. Classic and probably the first real meta fictional horror movie, man. Wes Craven's yeah. New Nightmare. Excellent way to put it. I really, really wanted to do this movie, and it didn't click till today. And honestly, this probably should have been on the first episode. I know we've done Freddy Krueger before. Obviously, Wes Craven. Yeah, is going to come up a lot on these horror twice, cons. Twice in this episode. Twice just tonight, right? Both films have this one in, sort of introduced the, the meta horror while Scream kind of carried that over and reintroduced the, the slasher genre, yeah. but introduced a meta element, a referential element. Because Ghostface so, yeah. always comes back, but it's reinvented as a new killer, mm -hmm. basically. So yeah, both both films kind of have a similar theme. They're both kind of game changers. Yeah, um, dude, this is a cool movie if you're well, for me I mean obviously born in the 80s grew up watching Freddy Krueger yeah. love the Nightmare on Elm Street movies even and or especially the cheesy aspects and foul language did you watch the TV series Freddy's Nightmares yeah Freddy's Nightmares as it watched back then on TV yeah I don't think I've seen it since no, it's been a long yeah. time. I have a couple of episodes. That on would VHS be great still. to have on a streaming service. 
Yeah, uh, I know that there's like a Region B. I'm lazy about buying shit. Whatever. <laughs> Put it on Netflix. Dude, if if a Blu-ray came out, I'd buy it. Um, if anything, I would too. It's not great, but I'll tell you this: Toby Hooper directed the pilot. He actually directed two episodes of the series, but he directed Toby the Hooper, Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw, yeah. Life Force, Funhouse, like Funhouse, Invaders from Mars. I still Mars, need to see that. Poltergeist. Yeah, I like Toby Hooper. Uh, the late Toby He's Hooper. Great. I love what Wes Craven did with the character of Freddy Krueger, and how he brought him out of the movies we grew up with, with all the cheesiness and breaking the fourth dimension, and Freddy. You know what I mean? Talking yeah. to us or whatever, acknowledging yeah. that it's fourth wall. what it is. Yeah. Fourth wall, that's it. Thank you. It brought him into the real world, and he was fucking scary looking, dude. Yeah, I think probably it's, it's not the iconic hand look. And the huge knives. It's definitely not like his iconic look, but I think for the 90s, like, I think it just, it's a cool look. It's a good look. And I <laughs> kick myself for never you getting... spooky. I kick myself for never getting the McFarlane like movie maniacs figures of I had the twenty four inch one yeah, of Leatherface of Gunnar Hansen's Leatherface from McFarlane the nice. big one. Uh, who the I have that, what it is it, now? I have the Ash, the Ash from um, nice. Army of Darkness. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, I uh, uh, I really dig this film because I like how everyone pretty much plays like a fictional version of themselves. Robert England, yeah, Heather Langenkamp. Um, West well, Robert Craven. England even plays Freddy on the talk show. Yeah. Which is cool to get that visual reference of what he was that we grew up with, yeah. with Freddy Krueger, and then to see this reinvention of the character. In fact, he's kind of got three roles, because he's got himself, then he's got himself as Freddy, yep. and then and Demon then Freddy. Demon Freddy. You know? Uh, well, sure, like, it still has its cheesy elements, just like Scream, just sure. like everything else. And it's Wes Craven. He has a he has a tendency. We're talking scary movies here, yeah. guys. Are we talking like The Godfather? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not talking Casablanca. Yeah, exactly. No, we're talking Dawn the, guy. With the Land. Oh, sorry, no. that was canceled. Weather, Weathering. Oh, yes, hurt my feelings, so we canceled. What Weathering Heights? <laughs> no, we're talking about the guy that gave us, you know, the original Last House on the Left and Hills Have Eyes, yeah. Swamp. You're thing, goddamn Street, right. You know, people under the stairs and Shocker, Serpent in the Rainbow. I Vampire almost did shock, Shocker this year. Ooh. I almost did. I couldn't find a good Morris clip though. Morris Pinker. Morris Pinker. That, you know what? Maybe next year. Yeah. Shocker is worth talking about. It definitely is. It's Wes Craven. Yep. It's going to come up eventually. Yeah, dude, I dig this movie. Uh, the ideas of it, I think, are really, really, really fascinating. Plus, it's got the little, little cute little kid from uh, Kindergarten Cop. I don't know about cute. He's kind of creepy. Kind of creepy in this, but in, he's cute in Kindergarten Cop. He looks like the creepy ghost kid in Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> That's behind the curtain. Still never seen that. I've seen the movie, but I haven't seen the ghost. If you've seen the movie, you've seen the ghost. You just don't realize just didn't, it. Yeah, well, I'll have to go back Halloween. and see. Yeah. Spooky. The kid, Mako, Miko Hughes in, in uh, Kindergarten Cop, he's the one who's like, you know, what's the matter? I've got the headache. Might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor, it's not a tumor at all. <laughs> this is not scary. We're talking about not scary stuff right now. Sorry. Halloween. Yes. New Nightmare, good choice. Um, that's worth revisiting. I love it's it. It's probably my yeah. third well, favorite. Well, Wes Craven playing himself, series. Robert England playing, all like you just said, almost three different versions yeah. of characters, including himself playing another character, playing another character, something like that. Yeah. They got Heather 
Landing Camp, Camp. Lincoln Camp. Yep. Coming back as Nancy, yep. which was awesome. Yeah. I, no, I love it, dude. Practical effects. Wins again. Yep. No CG in this, or if, if there is, it's early days of CG. Yeah. Yeah, it's very little, minimal. Minimal. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's my third favorite Elm Street movie. I was just going to say, favorite Elm top Street three? movie, go. Uh, you doing top three? Okay. I'm going to have to say Nightmare on Elm Street because it's classic, even though it's got some some things that haven't dated well. But Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, because yes. that's a direct sequel to Elm Street. I've watched that this you know? Yeah. And that's a, it's actually a pretty cool film. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. You got, you got young Patricia Arquette. It's just, I think it's a pretty cool it's film. It's a great cast. It's a great Good cast, yeah. yeah. And then you got it. New Nightmares, my, my third favorite, because uh, it just plays around with the conventions of what made those movies so good but then amp- amps it up for at the time like a more modern audience and it's kind of interesting too because it came out the same year as uh, John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness which is the best H.P. Lovecraft movie. movie that Lovecraft never wrote and uh, it is one that I will be talking about in the next years to come years to come it, it needs, needs to be it mentioned it needs its own thing but um, that's a great movie I there's a similar theme think about it both films are about fiction becoming reality you know what I mean? A love demonic yep. force. And so, yeah, that concept is really cool. I love it. If somebody can pull that off, well, I'm all for it. Like, I'll I'm, watch I'm movies in. like that. I'm going to go my Elm Street trilogy. Yeah. The way This is what I would recommend to introduce somebody. To Elm Street. To Elm Street. Now it would be one, uh-huh. Freddy versus Jason, Ooh. and New Nightmare. That's right. We talked about Freddy versus Jason last year. We did. It's a good film. It's extremely well done. I think that I think that ties in perfect to transition between the years. You know what we didn't right talk there. about? A Nightmare on My Street. DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, their track about. No, Elm you Street. mentioned that. That's classic. You man. mentioned that, yeah. Oh, I'm DJ Elm now, Prince. He said that that Nightmare was such a, a pop culture kind of yeah, catch on right. that even DJ Jazzy, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Jazzy and, the Jeff Prince. and the Fresh Prince. Before he was Will Smith, he was the Fresh Prince. Right. Before he was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, he was the Fresh Prince with DJ Jazzy Jeff, and that track is, <laughs> is was part of the like that was like the peak, of Freddie Mania. And that <laughs> Freddie thing came Mania, out, I love it. It was at the peak. You had Elm Street Four in the theaters. You had that track playing on the radio, and you had Freddie's Nightmares on TV. Like good stuff, classic. Love it. Okay, we're we're getting late into the night we've no. got one more clip and then we're going to yes, talk real quick about the, the shaped okay. Halloween kills this late is late into the night the last pick your pick <sighs> you go first next year sir oh congratulations happy Halloween to trick me. or treat yes shall we let's do it I know who you are you are the autumn people where do you come from the dust where do you go to? The grave? Yes. We are the hungry ones. Your torments call us like dogs in the night. And we do feed. And feed well. To stuff yourselves on other people's nightmares. And butter our plain bread with delicious pain. So, you do understand a little. You are known in this town. My father knew you. Your father? The preaching, that half-man. You'd have done goodness. Tasteless fare, funerals, bad marriages, lost loves, lonely beds. That is our diet. 
We suck that misery and find it sweet. We search for more, always. We can smell young boys ulcerating to be men a thousand miles off. And hear a middle-aged fool like you groaning with midnight despairs from halfway around the world. Joe, your final pick. Something Wicked This Way Comes, 1983. Hmm. A Disney movie. It is a Disney movie, yeah. actually. That I, and I don't think I can in good confidence say I have ever seen it. Well, uh, it just got a uh, Disney uh, DVD Club exclusive Blu-ray release, which means it might be coming to Disney Plus in the next couple months. Why they haven't put it on there for this month is beyond me. They're out of their minds. They're, this is one of... Um, so it out this month. It's perfect. You it's don't have any Marvel perfect. or... Well, you have Star Wars Terrifying Tales. And one of the parts of the story actually is kind of a parody of the Lost Boys. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. No spoilers about, for that. Which we've talked about before. Classic. Absolutely. So this film... You're eating maggots, my Yeah. <laughs> this by stereo. This film right here, uh, directed Go. by Jack Clayton, who also directed The Innocents, which is a Truman Capote scripted adaptation of a turn of the screw. Really good gothic horror. This is uh, uh, based on the book by Ray Bradbury, my favorite author. Ray Bradbury himself uh, adapted the novel into a screenplay. So it's part of, um, it's a dark fantasy film from Disney at a time when they were trying to appeal to a more adult to audience. The occult. <laughs> Not to the occult, but to more of an adult. Probably a little <laughs> bit of both. To a more adult audience um, with films like... Um, you know, uh, the Black Hole, Watcher in the Woods, uh, Dragon Slayer, and Popeye, which were co-productions with Paramount Pictures. This is kind of what led them to eventually doing Touchstone Pictures and Hollywood Pictures, where they could have, like, R-rated movies. So, not that this film is, um, I mean, it's PG, so it's, I think it's like Disney's, like, second or Just third PG the, film. Just watching the trailer and pulling the clip for you. Hey, you know I mean? Watching the clip when you first sent it to me yesterday, day before. Like, it looks like a dark, scary fucking movie. It's a dark film. It's a morality tale. It's a dark fantasy. It is horror, but it's not... Um, it's not Season of the Witch. No, no. It, it definitely has more of an... Uh, it's more atmospheric. Great cast. You've got uh, Jason Robards, Jonathan Price, Diane Lane, Royal Dano, and the ever-so-sexy Pamela Greer as the Dust Witch. Um, it came out in 83 I was very young uh, I was taken to see this film in the theater because it was a Disney movie and it scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me this is one of those films I bet. growing it up they would scary. show and uh, oh, dude they would show this in elementary school like in the subsequent Halloweens uh, you know right before or on Halloween gather everybody in the auditorium watch a scary movie they would show this one and it would terrify me it is a lot like if you haven't read the book if you haven't seen the movie it's it's kind of a boys adventure story right about okay. two young lads who are growing up in a small town in Illinois in the early 1920s or late 1920s early like 30s. the timeline love that period very very American gothic and a dark carnival comes to town which apparently has a history of, of coming in the autumn every like 20 years. Why doesn't Mill Creek do this? Bullshit. It, it's, <laughs> Jonathan Price plays Mr. Dark, the guy who runs this carnival and they, they barter. Oh, Jonathan like, Price is great. 
Oh yeah, no, they're fantastic. They are like uh, uh, the, the the autumn ones, the supernatural presence that will grant you wishes, but then turn Takes it on your air, essence. You know? Or if yeah, is it like, like the monkey's paw in Treehouse of Horror? It's sort of yeah. Thirteen. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, like the 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 one of the school teachers, she is aged she's older she used to be the most beautiful girl in the town and she's no longer and she wishes to be youthful she becomes youthful but then she loses her sight so it has that kind of you know <laughs> twilight zone damned if you do damned if you don't again be careful what you wish for yeah but it is actually um i have to agree with roger ebert on this who actually gave it like three out of four stars like it's uh, or three and a half uh it's pulp material like pulp horror material but it's elevated by uh the dialogue by ray bradbury that his prose and the way he writes is more like faulkner is more classic <laughs> literary than pulpy right so it adds this element of um it just raises the bar on the dramatics like it's got great dialogue yes. i have been quoting this movie for years it's got really memorable images to me uh, so How's the score the score by uh, james horner is classic james horner's great yeah it's, I mean, this is the guy who did Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Like, it's a classic. <laughs> which is also my favorite Star Trek movie. But that's a whole other thing. That's a different one. That's a different You wait till sci-fi September, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> we ought to start doing that. Or sci-fi. We can do that. Sci-fi Saturday. <laughs> Every week. Oh, we can. There's another red shirt slaughter. Oh, I could talk about it. It'll be great. But no, seriously, if you ever get a chance uh, to see this... Um, and I'm going to be buying the Blu-ray soon. I have the DVD. Yeah. Uh, You're a big collector. I am yeah, physical yeah. media. I'll let Love you borrow it, it and, and you watch it and you tell me what you think because I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I want to see it. It's good. I think it looks great. Uh, the dark, gothic, 1920s-esque. Yeah. I'm all about it. Let's go. And when you do watch it, just picture yourself as if you were like five or six years old when this movie came out. What kind of impact it might have had on you as a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no classic. In fact, uh, I hated Jonathan Price for years because of this. What? I'd see him in Brazil, and I'm like, "That's Mr. Dark. I don't like Brazil. that guy." I'd see him in Baron Munchausen and The Adventures of Baron yes, Munchausen. I'd be like, "I don't like this guy." Fantastic. Movie. Oh, it's one of Terry Gilliam's best. Oh, I'd be like, great. "That guy's Mr. Dark. I don't like him." Uh, years later, he'd become a Bond villain, uh, and I'm a Bond fan. And then he became uh, the Doctor's arch rival, the Master, in a Doctor Who parody special that after that I'm like I, I love this guy you can do no wrong you can do no wrong <laughs> Doctor Who bias kicks in alright the shape alright so now we've we been waiting since about... 2018 yeah but uh no I think it's Finally time got it. All right. why don't we uh let's let's you, tune you in you go first you tell let's, me let's tune into the first trailer okay. the shortest trailer yeah for Halloween Kills and then I'll go first soapbox <laughs> you can rip the mic out of my hand. All right, I'll do it. Happy Halloween. Here we go. Here we go. My grandmother was right. The boogeyman was real. It's over. You can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? Michael Myers is alive. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison should not have to keep running. 
evil dies tonight. I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. Michael Myers is flesh and blood. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. Cheers. Happy Halloween. Cheers. Happy Halloween. Didn't really, again. No, no, no clinky there. Clink. You, you got a can, I got so a bottle. I got a koozie. They don't whatever. clink well. As I wet my whistle, Halloween Kills 2021. Mm-hmm. I'm biased for Michael Myers. <laughs> I love the Halloween franchise. Sure. You know, for me, it's probably Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2. Okay. The Halloween movies. Nice. Evil Dead, Nightmares, somewhere battling for third and fourth, <laughs> and everything else in between and after, right? Yeah. So I, with my bias, you may or may not agree with some of my points, but I think we will agree on, on a few points. I liked it. Did I think it was great? No. Did I think it was good? Absolutely. It was fun. I loved the practical effects with bringing back spoilers. Dr. Loomis. Yeah. That was amazing. The well, flashback, that it the whole No, 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 set. stop right there. It fooled, yeah, yeah. fooled both oh, of us. Yeah. We thought it was CG. We yeah, thought it we was saw like this a, in the, theater the uncanny With ballot. Chris, I'm so stoned right now. <laughs> and Mike, what's up, boys? We're having them both, on the, we're having them both on the Halloween podcast next year after yeah. we see yeah. Halloween ends. Yeah. So, boys, get over on this. We're going to rap about that next year. But yeah, we had that fooled us both. Yeah, we, thought it, we was thought it was CGI. I, I straight up told you it looked better than Tarkin in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. I, I thought was it like, was wow. like, oh, wow, shit, that and looks they, like Dr. Samuel Loomis. And they found, they found a guy who on the set who actually looks a lot like uh, the late Donald Pleasance. Yeah. And pulled it off well. They nailed it. It yeah. was great. I loved the 1978 flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I love the score by John Carpenter, mm-hmm. his son, Cody Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and his godson... No, I, I loved it. I th- at the end of the day, I loved it. Did I love it because it's a great cinematic piece? No. Are there elements of it that are like, come on, let's fucking go? Yeah. How many times do we have to hear 40 years ago, 40 years ago, 40 years ago? Right. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, let us introduce you to these characters that you've known your entire lives. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Doyle. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't need... The bar scene was perfect until he grabbed the spotlight and was like shining it on him and being like, yeah. this is the nurse from the first Halloween. Right. This is the little boy. And this is a little girl. And I'm also like, come on, we know who you fucking are. Right. Tell your story. Keep the story moving. I don't understand the Vigoro song that was 
one of the mental patients started shouting when oh, the mask yeah, yeah. was presented in 2018. Yeah. Then it's ironically on in the radio. Yeah. When they're coming out of the bar and they think it's the shape. Yeah. It's just the other guy. I didn't think we needed to see the whole scene with him coming to the hospital and then like, no, stick with it. Yeah. Do I love that they broke the Laurie Strode, Michael Myers, brother, sister connection? A hundred percent. Do I love that they reintroduced a supernatural element to the shape similar to the curse of thorn right yeah which shout out to myers house north carolina they did an onset cinema at the myers house nice from halloween six the curse of michael myers nice. very well done super stoked i went wait from that was filmed here yeah it was yeah. like a few oh, blocks yeah. from okay. my house. Yeah, yeah. I text you and Chris like, "What the fuck?" That's are you right. Guys I here? forgot you did, and I was like, like, "I didn't you even never hear fucking about it. told yeah. me about it." I'm like, well, that is a pretty fair argument, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware. That would have been cool. But no, very well done, and and that was like mid September, so it was perfect to kind of keep. Dude, by the way, three. or jump into oh, spooky yeah. movie season. But three of those movies have been filmed here. Halloween what What did you think? I've kind Halloween of been all over the place. Halloween five. And four and six. Yeah. To be honest with you, so there's Halloween. 78 or 28? John Carpenter's Halloween. Thank you. 78. John Carpenter's Halloween is, um, as far as I'm concerned, I've said this before, it's right up there with Psycho as being one of the greatest all-time thrillers. It's not that bloody. I mean, it's very... uh, by today's comparisons but like Psycho it's still effective because it utilizes atmosphere yeah. more than cheap shock well it causes the audience to use their imagination yeah that's kind of what the whole ending was about and with the body being gone after Loomis shot him six times yeah he fell off the balcony and he looks over and he's gone but then at the very end of the movie it's just shots of empty spaces where it either yeah. was earlier yeah. in the movie or it could be now it's just unsettling you yeah, know? absolutely. Halloween Psychological. 3 is its own beast, and I do love Halloween 3, and one day it'll be one that I talk about on here. Nice. Uh, but I it's almost its own continuity. It's it its in. own beast. But we're already talking Halloween And, and we're not going to even touch upon the Rob Zombie Halloween movies because I just don't care about them. But I'm in the same boat. First one was what it was. Yeah. Again, I think the costume was great. I, I love I like Rob Malcolm Zombie. McGill. I love Rob Zombie as a director and as a musician. I yeah, hate it. I either. hate him. I hate him as a writer. Yeah, I'm not a fan of. I, and not hate. Yeah. I just dislike it. Right. It's not that. that the thing amazing. is, uh, for me, Halloween two, four, five, Curse of Michael Myers, H two O, Resurrection, and Halloween Kills are kind of, to varying degrees, essentially <laughs> on the same level. Now I it's enjoy some than more than the others. It's equal to four and five, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say maybe five. Um, Resurrection's my least favorite, and I think it's just a notch above, to be honest with you. So, I don't hate any of the mm. Halloween movies. I will watch them all. Okay. But Halloween 2018, as disc, you know, as, as uh, not acknowledging any of the continuity from 2 through any, you know, the same thing with H2O, didn't acknowledge yeah. Halloween 4 and 5 and 6. Just the first and second. Tw- I watched 2018 that this only um, acknowledges the first one. And as a sort of direct sequel in that sense of a new continuity, um, dude, they raised the bar. They brought it back and they raised the bar and they, they made it, it. It is a slasher film. It has a lot of elements with the, made the original classic yeah. kind of derivative in that way. But the 2018 you're talking 2018. about, right? 
but they just did a good job of like reintroducing it, right? And I felt like this film, ironically that they ignored Halloween 2, but this film kind of follows that same formula of it is set the same night. Same night, hospital. Hospital, and it goes extreme in the gore. Because if you watch Halloween and you watch Halloween 2 back-to-back, John Carpenter's Halloween yeah. and Halloween 2, yep. more of the night he came home. If you watch them back-to-back, there is a tunnel shift. It oh, goes from being more of a uh, psychological thriller, really. And more of a slasher to a, to a slasher movie. gore fest yeah. of the 80s, right? I feel Metal like in the eye, the, the exact metal tub that we talked about. Yeah. Now, I feel like the Halloween 2018 <laughs> had a lot more graphic violence than, say, John Carpenter's 78 Halloween, but it, it not as much as Halloween Kills. I think, in fact, I think Halloween Kills is probably the most oh, gory, absolutely. brutal. The biggest body count out of yeah. almost the entire franchise. I mean, it is brutal. Combined? The, the killings are pretty brutal. I, I thought they were well done. I, I really like love that. that they brought back the supernatural aspect and pure evil, yeah. and, and they disconnected with the, the Strode bloodline. However, they did the use... The Myers bloodline, blood, we should yeah, say. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows how Halloween Ends is going to go. But they did acknowledge... Fair enough. They did use one scene from Halloween 2, and it's where... Uh, Charles Cyphers, yeah. yeah. Sheriff Brackett... Okay. So, Sheriff Brackett... Um, no, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> Wait, refresh me. We were talking... Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, there is a scene from Halloween 2 that is in... Uh, Halloween, Halloween Kills, kills. Where, where Sheriff Bracken is looking at Annie, his daughter. Yeah, on the stretcher, he on pulls the blanket back and, cl- and pulls her eyes So closed. they might as well have acknowledged He says, I need to get home and tell Halloween my wife one before somebody else does. I don't know why they decided not to acknowledge Halloween 2, but... Well, that's what I said when we reviewed, not reviewed, but we talked about Halloween 2018. Yeah. I was like, why are they just going to burn them up again in the end if they're going to disregard 2? Yeah. And honestly, I get it. It's all for the mask. Oh, okay. And, right? I guess so, So yeah. it's the same mask, but they were able to reinvent it. And I love the way they did it, where it's kind of burned up and singy and yeah. saturated. And I just feel like the, the thing is, is I feel like 2018 kind of made the promise of it being a little bit not exactly the same that we've yeah. seen before. Reinventing and, it. And unfortunately, it this somewhere one for else. me fell back into the, he's the unstoppable killing machine, slaying everybody. Um, you know, everyone I'm comes okay in contact, he kills, which is fine. That's the formula. Not but, everybody. You okay, didn't kill Lonnie. Most people. But that's the sort of the formula. But I Well, he did like, kill Lonnie, but adult yeah, Lonnie. That's Anyways. true. Well, and then they introduce, yeah, then they introduce this kid, for apparently, who was there 40 years ago. You've never seen him or heard about him in any of the movies. And we have. Like we a, did in the first one. That scene where he goes up and they're daring him to go into the house... And Dr. Loomis is behind oh, the bush. He right. says, hey, yeah. Lonnie, get your ass away yeah. from there. Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong. I'm like, Lonnie. really? But now he's a central character? Like, so, okay. And, and I did like... At first, I was irritated when they did flashback the actual movies mm-hmm. and Halloween Kills. But then I watched Halloween 2018 again before I watched Halloween Kills again on Peacock. Gotcha. And they do show a flashback from the original one where yeah. he's stabbing his sister. So. Yeah. But I felt like there could have been less of those. We didn't need all those. Right. No, that's the thing. Okay. So. Maybe for Halloween 2018, a single singular flashback scene to, to just kind of exa- establish continuity. Yeah. Fine. Perfect. Didn't necessarily need all of it. Keep it hashing it. Kills. It was 40 years ago. 40 years ago. 
40 yeah, years ago. Yeah, and I got to tell years you, ago. Too, there's some social political commentary. <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of a little too social political for me, yeah, which is no, not, social not politics bad. is not a bad thing. And we've thing. talked about that earlier in the episode and all these movies that, but it felt like they were trying too were hard to do that. Yeah. yeah, placating, thank you. And here's the thing, man, is also uh, Little John, Big John. What the fuck, LJ man? is Little John. It was an awkward scene for me. No. <laughs> was it really? And that's for Chris. No, I'm kidding. Didn't mean to upset was that your Chris childhood. In the theater, straight up, was, was like Stewart and started laughing. Because <laughs> it's the dude for Mad TV. Yeah. yeah. That whole subplot of hilarious like introducing that kind of took very, me out of the weird. out of the it, movie, but it actually made it, it didn't for worth me. it. It took me. No, Chris signed Stewart. Oh, yeah. No, the whole concept of those Chris. characters, it felt like, oh, my God, we're back in the 80s, and here's this, it's, an, it's a slasher movie, and here's the uh, stereotypical, like, gay couple. Like, just, <laughs> it was weird. And then, Michael, Well, now people are home. saying that Michael Myers is homophobic because he killed a gay couple. He killed every he fucking everyone. buddy. What are you talking about? If there was a binary, bond, non-binary Dude, I saw person there, he'd kill him. Some of these brothers, cousins, a firefighter, and they were offended that he killed first responders. Am I? It's a horror movie. It's a piece of fiction. With a unstoppable supernatural. And he literally kills everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter your demographic or your sexual orientation. Come on, people! It's a fucking scary movie. But what killed me is how those two characters over. I'm not done. No, my rant is beginning. Big John, Little John. I mean, what the fuck, dude? Like, they totally went for this weird, humorous... Like, it just didn't fit. Great song when they introduced... Fucking Michael McDonald. Why are you in this movie? And dude... Oh, I, I, thought that, I thought that was Christian Slater. My bad. No. By the way, I am going to say that uh, Anthony Michael Hall as uh, Tommy chewed the scenery a little too much. Yeah. A little over yeah. the top. A little too over the top. Boston, and he had like a Boston accent, but you're like in, uh, you're in Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to Gotham and report the news, loser. <laughs> Kidnapped by the Joker. Oh, I still love Anthony Michael Hall, but I will say this. Um, yeah, for all his masterpieces from the 80s. No. Oh, anything well, he's done yeah. since The Dark Knight. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I will agree. He wasn't terrible as an actor. He just didn't fit the role. No. It wasn't believable. Why and does Tommy bring, Doyle have a Boston accent? You bring Lindsay back, right? Yeah. So you bring Lindsay back. Uh, is it Kyle or Kylie Richards? I think it's Again, Kylie. We're assholes. Kylie okay. Richards. Miss Richards. She's still Lindsay. And doing reality you know I mean? shows. You bring yeah. Nancy Stevens back as Marion. Yeah. Oh, and I want to shout out, because I did watch H2O. I don't own it. I rented it this year. I own it. It's in a collection. But uh, two things I loved about that movie is her as a character, not Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, he shouldn't be in that. Oh, but it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, all right. He's great, but it took me out of it. Better than Josh Hart. But I I love that she was was a part of that. And I loved the the way that Halloween H2O pays homages, pays homage to Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Because Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, Janet Lee's in, in it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's the second She's driving the together. same car that yeah. she drove in Psycho. Maybe mm-hmm. not the same car, same make and model. Whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what they were but, uh, going for. Is so because John Carpenter but, has often said that 
Halloween is influenced by Psycho. Yeah. And both star one stars Jan- Janet Lee, and the other one stars her daughter Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. You know, so. By the way, that's kind of cool. That this is the uh, this is the actual sixth film that Jamie Lee Curtis has done in the Halloween franchise. Yeah. One, two, and then H two O Resurrection, Kevin. and then Halloween eighteen and Kills. And Halloween, yeah, Halloween Res of what? Yeah, not Res- my favorite. Res- Resurrection. With Busta Rhymes. I'm just waiting for somebody to take the time and energy to do a deep fake and make the mask consistent through every single one of these movies, and I'll love them all. Yeah, the costume that would be mostly nice. takes me out of it, and I'll give shout out to the way that they designed the mask, especially in the 78 flashback and Halloween Kills. Yeah. I like the burned up singiness. We're almost hitting like an hour and a half ish. Ooh. So we're running a little long, but hey. We're not going to rust off. Huh. It's been a minute. I've had a couple beers so since February. Uh, forgive me if my speed. Me off get there. drunk on the podcast? What? Never. <laughs> um, I've been taking a break, but it's it's Halloween. Halloween weekend is here. here Dude, we it's are. time to cut loose, so. let your chainsaw out, and like you know, get jiggy with it. Yeah. Wrapping it up. Out of four, what do you give Halloween kills? Uh, I personally, I give it two stars. I give it three. Three stars out of four. Okay, fair enough. Fair For enough. the four movie clips and the fourth annual horathon on the Dead Serial Podcast. Thanks for making it happen this year, Joe. High five. Thanks for having me on again, yeah. man. I appreciate Happy it. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, my brother. Be and safe, I, everybody. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Yes, and I, we look forward to uh, being back next year as well. Uh, we were honestly we're not sorry about being a little sloppy and rusty. It's been a minute, but <laughs> here we are. We're doing it. Trick or treat. <laughs> We'll see you next time. The goblins get you if you don't watch out. To take you and shake you until you shout. Stop, look, and listen. It's Halloween. There's witches and broomsticks and big black hats. Stirring up the potions in big black vats. Stop, look, and listen. It's Halloween. Comstocks standing in the fields at night. The old gray house without a light. The cold white moon shining down so bright. With you and me standing there and shaking with fright. Sneaking past the graveyard and trembling knees. Faces peeking out at us between the trees. Please stop. Look and listen, it's Halloween.
goblins get you if you don't watch out. They'll take you and shake you until you shout. Hey, stop, look, and listen. It's Halloween. There's witches with broomsticks and big black hats Stirring up the potions in big black bats Come on, stop, look, and listen It's Halloween Cornstalk standing in the fields at night The old gray house without a light The cold white moon shining down so bright With you and me standing there and shaking with fright Sneaking past the graveyard on trembling knees Faces peeking out between the trees Please stop, look, listen It's Halloween Yeah, so for me, uh, Evil Dead, uh, the Evil Dead film series and the Phantasm film series are like my all-time favorite horror film series. Like Love I it. just, I just obsess over them. Yep. Right below that is Halloween, the Halloween series. It's it's almost up there, but I just watched the. I love all four Evil Dead movies. That includes the soft reboot slash sequel, the 2013 Evil Dead. Right. I know a lot of people say it's blasphemous. I love it. Uh, and the first two phantasms, especially the first two phantasms, uh, even though I will watch all five. Then the Halloween films, and then I'd probably throw down the Elm Street, the Texas Chainsaw, and Friday the 13th.